Hi everyone, I'm Minnie. I serve as one of the pastors here. Thank you again for coming to Falls Church today. Uh, we're in the series of ancient wisdom in the present tense. Before I talk about the book of Proverbs, let's take a look at the painting here. So the title of this painting is called The Angelus by famous French artist Jean-Francois Millet. We see two people in a field at dusk. The sky is golden with the light of the evening sun. We can see the city landscape behind them in the distance. It could be a busy day. So these two peasants stop working. The woman bows her head and shares prayers with that man. It could be a private moment for each of them. But at the same time, prayer unites them as they get together in the midst of the busyness. They have left a large basket of produce behind when they're observing the evening ritual. So this painting invites us to devotional stillness and meditation. So why do they pray at dusk? Since the 13th century, the Angelus has been a prayer practice for many Christians around the globe. Traditionally, the Angelus was recited three times a day, dawn, noon, and dusk. When they heard the church bells ring, they would stop their activities and respond with prayers. The ring reminded them to thank God every day. So take some time to allow yourself to be drawn into the scene. The painting is a reminder for us to lift our hearts to God, to have a silent moment and to turn our attention to God. I do believe that ceaseless prayers is possible and practical. I love the way of how Millet depicted the ordinary daily life of the peasants. The dusk should be one of the busiest moments of the day. As farmers, they have to prepare dinner, uh, they have to take the produce home. However, in the midst of a very busy day, they still have an intensively private moment with God. There is an absolute quietness in this picture. There is a beautiful calmness in Millet's work. The stillness of the paintings reminds me that I should take some private moments with God after work. And in the midst of our busy lives, do we really have the time to stop and stand in stillness? The passage we're going to talk about is from the book of Proverbs, the Old Testament books of Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes, all written in Hebrew, comprise a biblical genre known as the wisdom literature. In Proverbs, the absence of the explicit religious language, like the acts of redemption or salvation. So some people might call that as the book as secular wisdom. However, when we read it more deeply, we can see how theological of the book is. And it is a context of the fear of the Lord as sources of the wisdom of the book. 
Wisdom literature teaches us to make good choices in life. In other words, to be wise. So structurally, the first nine chapters of Proverbs form an extended discourse on wisdom written by Solomon. So these nine chapters were written as a father encouraging his son to love wisdom and flee from folly. The remainder of the Proverbs, chapter 10 through 31, divides into six distinct collections of short Proverbs. Now, when I was studying at Regent College, Professor Ian Proven would categorize Proverbs 22, 17 to 24, 34 as the sayings of the wise. By the way, if you haven't read the book of Ian Proven's latest book, The Reformation and the Right Reading of Scripture yet, please do take a look. It is so great. So writers and authors like to study biblical poetry. If you are a writer or a poet, you might love to explore the beautiful structure of Hebrew poetry, like the use of parallelism, bicolor, or tricolor. The statements are short, precise, pitchy, and easy to remember. I enjoy reading it so much. So Proverbs 22, 30 to 34, it's a subject we're going to talk about. It's about the reticule of the lazy person. Let's take a look. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds. And the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned lessons from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poetry and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. So this passage refers to a person who is known for two things. First, he's a lazy person. <laughs> He's a sluggard, which means he's lazy and avoids any kind of work. Secondly, he's a person lacks sense. Okay? So the field and vineyard is overgrown with weeds. The stone wall around it is broken down as well. The person is unproductive and the field is unfruitful. Maybe the person neglects the field and vineyard for a very long time. When we're lazy, when we're not working hard, the end of this proverb suggested that the end is poverty. There will be a poverty of finances because the ground is covered by weeds. We cannot sell the produce. There will be a poverty of a character because a lazy person would not do what is necessary to develop it in cooperation with God. There will be a poverty of spirit because we don't have disciplines in our lives. So poverty will come on you like a thief. The ancient wisdom is that laziness is costly. It may ruin your life, ruin everything. It's not difficult to understand because God is not against rest. But if I take it too easy and fold my hands and sleep too much, being lazy, if I don't work hard and slumber too much, I might not have a productive life. I might not have a productive field. The passage speaks to me in many ways and in many layers as well. 
I do not consider myself as a hardworking person, but many of my friends do. They say I'm indeed overworked. When I was studying at um, SFU as an undergrad in Vancouver, I finished my four years bachelor degree in two and a half years. In the meantime, I was the president of the Student Society of SFU and also working part-time as a radio DJ. I work hard, I study hard, and play hard. I graduated with a Master of Arts in Theological Studies at Regent College last year. I finished the master's degree in two and a half years as well. So in the meantime, I work as a TA, teaching assistant at Regent, while I managed to get a pretty high GPA. I got 4.0 GPA. I, 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 I would like to be a straight A person, straight A student. I would love to work so hard and spend lots of lots of effort in studying and working as well. So besides I created art exhibition with my husband and shot videos for clients all at the same time. When I was filming my thesis project, I was pregnant with Michaela. Despite my fatigue and nausea, I was running around the location shooting and revising the story, my script, at home. Being one of the actors of the film, I had to hide my baby belly in front of the camera so that no one see it. And the postpartum was another super challenging period to me. I have no idea how I can manage to do the editing, the video editing with my baby on my breast. Sometimes after I put Michaela to bed, I have to start working around midnight. I remember that I celebrated my daughter's first month birthday at a shooting location I was filming. Um, when we were shooting the scenes, Michaela was sitting in a stroller quietly and waiting for me. I was so grateful that the shooting went out very smoothly, but my baby has been working so hard with me. I mean, that's crazy. I even made Michaela a hardworking baby. <laughs> because I was hardworking. I always push myself to do more. I always feel that I'm not hardworking enough. I'm living with the hustle culture. How do I find more joy? How do I find more flow, freedom, love, well-being in my life? I always question myself, but I cannot resolve it. How do I experience as I stand in stillness with my heart open to God? When I look at the painting, The Angelus, how would I learn from the peasants depicted in the painting that how, how do I experience the moment of communications with God? I'm always asking myself. What's the way to practice the attentiveness to God's presence throughout the flow of my day? As we all live in, but not of the world, we are called to live in union with Christ and to have an intentional Christian living in a busy urban world. So the call to intentional spiritual discipline transformed me to abiding Christ. One thing is very important is about the Sabbath. Observing the Sabbath invites me to experience God's order for life. It is important to know that both busyness and laziness would keep us from getting closer to Christ. 
So that the ancient wisdom in the present tense is that the ancient wisdom tells that stop being lazy and to take care of your vineyards, right? When we apply it in the present tense, we should stop being lazy to observe God's commandment. Yes, keeping the Sabbath is God's commandment. You can't be too lazy to observe the Sabbath. The term Sabbath appears first in the Bible in Exodus 16.23. This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. And all that is left over, put aside to be kept until morning. So the name Sabbath comes from the Hebrew verb Shabbat which means to cease, to stop. It is important to cease on a day and set apart as holy. So we should try to take a break from our business and to stop worrying on our business. God rests in, uh, in creation as well. So in Genesis 2, chapter 2, 2 to 3, and on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he had rest on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. That's Genesis chapter 2, 2 to 3. The term Sabbath appears um, first in the Bible here. And the day of the rest received the attribution of holiness. Not only have to keep the covenant, but also we are created to rest. As business and laziness both keep us from attending to God, uh, to what God wants, right? So we should alert of the signs of overwhelming living, as well as the laziness to observe God's commandment. To observe the Sabbath, is a practice that comes in response to the grace of God. So I would suggest it first. It is a practice that cultivates the awareness of God's creation. The Sabbath itself encourages God's people to discover the secrets of the creation. By observing a day of holiness, we have the capacity to notice even the smallest work of God and to witness the presence of God. We celebrate God's creative and redemptive accomplishments by knowing that God is the creator. We spend a day appreciating, appreciate, appreciating the beauty of his creation and growing in our love in Christ. To love God is to love God's creation. Secondly, Sabbath keeping requires us to slow down, to be attentive, and to be fully present to the day. You are not doing nothing with your folding hands. I just leave all the day, no. It is a good thing to rest or maybe walk in your neighborhood. It offers a healthy balance between mind and souls. To be fully present to the rest date will enable us not to worry about our life. So 
Sabbath keeping, giving us time to have a spiritual rest, to focus our thoughts upon God without distractions. We should be satisfied when we stop taking care of our work and enjoy the moment with God. Many spiritual masters who made a substantial contribution to the church's understanding of what Sabbath keeping is. Eugene Peterson, Peterson, a quote from him, in our 30 years of keeping Sabbath together, we have simplified our definition of Sabbath keeping to three words, pray and play. So great, isn't it? Sabbath is about pray and play. How awesome is that? So he shared his experience while he was in Vancouver. After the worship with the Christians in the Sunday morning, he walked to the Spanish banks and played frisbees, kites, and volleyballs. So Eugene Peterson taught me that Sabbath keeping is playful, is joyful. I work for two churches on Sundays, so Sunday can be quite exhausting to me. So I have to keep the Sabbath on Mondays, and I insist to do it. However, believe in me, it's not easy to rest on Monday without running errands and meetings. But I try to keep it. I try so hard to keep it. It's a refreshing day for my spiritual health and my physical wellness as well. I find myself more productive after resting for a whole day. I can enjoy the term pray and play for the rest of the day. And Harry Nolan was granted a 12-month sabbatical in 1995. He kept a daily journal that year and published as Sabbatical Journey, the diary of his final year. He wrote that, I've always dreamed about a whole year with the appointments, meetings, lectures, travels, letters, and phone calls. But can I let go of all the things that make me feel useful and significant? I realized that I'm quite addicted to being busy and experience a bit of withdrawal anxiety. Wow. Are we addicted to being busy? (laughs) Are we addicted to the feeling of useful and significant? A day of silence without touching the phone will give us a rest free from the duties and obligations It's not easy. Can you do that? So at the end of his journal entry, Harry Nolan had deepened his relationship with God, and he was happy that he finally made it. He might all be preoccupied by many obligations, but at the end of the day, he can make it. When we eliminate the distractions, we are more open to God. Without the clarity of mind, we cannot listen to the voice of Jesus. The Holy Spirit works through the renewal of our minds. Learning how to rest, we recover our vision to see the grace of God. Sabbath keeping offers a holy time for needed silence and contemplation. Prayer is a way to abide in Christ. So the two fundamental disciplines of the Christian life will be prayers and the scriptures. 
That's why I always encourage people to practice SOAP, S-O-A-P, so scripture, observations, applications, and prayers. So the practice of Lectio Divina will enable us to read the Bible with heart and mind. We cannot grow in hope, faith, and love unless we engaged in scriptures and prayers. I realized that my worth does not lie in how much I accomplish, but how close is my relationship with Christ. So now, return to the painting. Um, yes, Millet's Angelus and John the Farmers in silence and stillness before God. To me, a closing prayer at the end of the day is very useful. It is a time to thank God, a review of my day, and also a continuous attentiveness to God. And God is with us all the time. We should turn around and see God in the people around us. We should express our gratitude to God in any circumstances, even when we thought we were busy and being occupied. So now I have some questions to discuss. So knowing it is important to keep the Sabbath day holy and to remember the Lord meant the Sabbath as a gift, there are still difficulties and many challenges in observing the Sabbath. So everything about us works against slowing down. We have to rush, rush, rush. Our compulsion to produce and not wasting time makes us neglect to rest or do not have the opportunity to rest. So many people find um, all their time consumed by um, the need to earn a paycheck maybe, to take care of the children or take care of the parents. So can you share a past experience that keeping you from observing the Sabbath? Yeah, absolutely. So what are some ways that we could be more intentional about keeping the Sabbath? 